SMS SAFM now on 41391. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Let's uh, now go on and discuss what private companies uh, are doing or need to be doing to preserve our environment. Something that's very important. Like I said when we started the show that carbon emission is one of those things that is affecting our environment. And there is an onus on uh, private organizations to be very conscious when they are producing their goods and services to ensure that um, their carbon footprint is really limited and uh, they are Preserving our environment. Joining us is Geraldine Fleming, who's the head of conservation for Investec. Good evening, Geraldine. Good evening, Patricia, and thanks for having me on the show. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Now, in terms of uh, sustainability and it being a focus uh, for um, for for corporates, how big is this currently? I mean, uh, global warming is still not um, come down to even as we thought that uh, COVID-19 and the lockdowns would cause, you know, some sort of effect because we were all within our buildings and our homes and companies were closed. But it seems that it's still a big issue for us. Yes, thank you, Patricia. It is, it's, a, it's a massive interest, uh, a massive uh, issue for all of us. Uh, you know, we have a looming cri- climate crisis on our hands and there's lots of argument to say that some of of, of what we're dealing with with the COVID-19 crisis and and the global health crisis and the economic fallout has got a lot to do with the fact that what we've what we've been doing to our, to our planet and to biodiversity and the destruction of our biodiversity. Um, there's a massive a massive onus on on all of us as corporates to be able to be responsible um, in the way that we practice our business and. The way I always explain it to people is if you have a think, you know, with, without a planet, without a world, without an environment, we have no space for society. We need a healthy functioning environment and a healthy functioning society in order to have an economy in which we can conduct a business. So without those things, we have no future as a sustainable business in the first place. Um, I think, um, yeah. And, and, and you know, the impact of industrialization has become one that uh, we have not really looked at as a global society. As much as it has brought a lot of convenience and a lot of, um, you know, uh, work opportunities and new developments, it has really hampered when it comes to the sort of carbon um, emissions. It has, but you know, if if actually, I I would say that as 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 a as a global um, consensus, we have come together. The UN member countries came together a few years ago, and they basically committed to working towards seventeen what they call sustainable development goals that actually will help work towards having a healthy planet and a healthy society. So whatever we do, and that that's what comes back to investec. Our key focus is to be able to make sure that we do whatever we can to reduce negative impact on our planet and to do what we can to actually have a positive impact on our planet. So when it comes to things like the sustainable development goals, each country knows that that there's a certain amount, um, there's certain goals that they need to stick to to be able to um, make sure that, that everybody, that you have equality, that you can reduce hunger, you can reduce poverty, and that people can have 
uh, right to a good and healthy life, living in a good and healthy environment. And that comes back to all those countries have their different goals and their different priorities. And what we need to do as companies in those countries is to be able to do what we can to actually support the country to be able to deliver on those priorities. And we have to do that within our own remit. So, mm-hmm. so for example, where it comes to financing deals, we have to look at the impact that we have, whether it be on mining of coal or it means on focusing on, on, on the reduction of a, a bad impact on the community and society. A-team, as we are talking about the importance for uh, uh, private companies to um, make sure that their carbon emission is, is less and they are preserving our environment. After all, it is World Wildlife Day and it, it's something that we need to observe all the time. And as indigenous uh, African people, we can only imagine that the impact that um, – not preserving our environment could have. So I'd like to hear from you as an A-teamer. You can send a WhatsApp on 0614104107. Our guest is Geraldine Fleming, who's Head of Conservation for Investec. Geraldine, in terms of uh, ensuring that illegal wildlife trade is deemed as a global crisis, what needs to be done? Well, I think there's there's a lot that's happening at the moment, and and we're really excited as, um, uh, you know, we've we've been working for we've had run a lifeline in place for the last nine years, you know, nine years ago we decided that we wanted to be able to do something to save rhino because we couldn't just sit by and watch the species just disappear, as the whole crisis escalated, and we've put a lot of effort. It's an established project now that is able to focus on rescue awareness, we focus on community upliftment, and now our focus on wildlife trafficking and combating illegal wildlife trade is really exciting for us. So what's happened with banks is is with the initiative of the Royal Foundation and United for Wildlife, they have created um, a transport task force and a financial task force to be able to work together, to collaborate in understanding in our cases, the financial flows that are associated with illegal wildlife trafficking. And that really excites me as a person who's been involved in conservation with Investec for the past nine years because we can now use our business expertise, our, our knowledge and our resources, our systems to be able to understand the financial flows that are associated with illegal wildlife trafficking and hopefully use that to work together with law enforcement, with the regulators, and with the NGOs involved to be able to apprehend criminals, make arrests and successful prosecutions, not just focusing on the actual wildlife trafficking crime, but on the financial crime that's associated. And that so often spills over into other forms of traffic. Let me go to our A-team guest, Jay, who's on the line. Jay, good evening. Uh, good evening, Tihu, and uh, to our guest. You know, I just, I just switched on now because I was a little bit busy. You're talking about a very pet subject uh, in our life, in my life especially, especially the rhino. To me, the rhino represents like the unicorn, you know, the the mythological story, you get the unicorn. Uh, uh, Can I address this to uh, to our guests? And I tell everybody, and anyone, even children, 
I say this is the only animal. It's so unique. It has that horn like the unicorn. And it's so very special. And if that uh, animal has to become instinct, I think the magic of the world is gone. It is such a placid animal, and it's so calm, and it, it's so, you know, peaceful. And so I think a part of our environment, how we got to protect it, is starting from home. If we can start that from home, and I think the greater world will be protected from uh, carbon emission, pollution, everywhere, even uh, our seas, the very many seashores, what we witness, it's so very sad. And the forest and the verges and all, how they get burnt, we're not getting enough oxygen. And the basket, basket areas of the various parts of the country is being utilized for residential areas, which is not supposed to be used. So this is what I feel. All the stakeholders should look into these matters and introduce it to our very, very young children, the young generations for the future. If not you and I, if we're going to reach that age where we will have to start using oxygen masks, and so far to get that oxygen. So what's going to happen to the animals? What's going to happen to the birds and the future creatures that's going to protect the world? Mm. So to me, the rhino is a unicorn. It's very, very special. It always has, uh, like a, it does a magic to me. Oh, Jay, thank you so very much. Thank you. You're welcome. And your point is well taken. Uh, It it starts Mm -hmm. at home. Uh, Geraldine, it starts at home and and there's an onus for for each and every uh, adult to then teach the young ones about preserving nature. But also, I think the same could be said about corporate companies, that it starts at home with them. Absolutely. And I think think what, what you're doing tonight um, in terms of sharing the message is absolutely vital. You know, it, it all starts with awareness. As long as we can keep the awareness in the public domain, that is that is that is where it starts. You know, um, I remember some time ago when we started this, Dr. William Folds, who's a well-known um, conservationist and and spokesperson for the Rhino, used to say, "If we can't save this iconic." relic from the dinosaur era what hell, what hope do we have of saving the rest and that's why for us as as rhino lifeline it's been so key to keep awareness in the public domain and rhino lifeline for us is the heartbeat it's the thing that our staff connect with it's the thing that our clients connect with it's the thing that our public connect with so Yes, we start with the rhino and extend to other critically endangered species. And that becomes the platform from which we can teach our children and our youth and our colleagues and our friends about why it's important to save the environment and our natural heritage. As South Africans, we are so passionate about our wildlife and our natural spaces. And we need to use that passion and we need to educate our children and we need to get them on board. Because at the end of the day, that heritage is theirs. It's not ours. We are looking after it for them for the future. 
Definitely, the future is, is is supposed to be preserved, and if we don't do it now, then who will? Um, in in terms of the program that you do for Rhino Lifeline, I mean, you're also at Investec looking at endangered African wild dogs and other endangered um, carnivores conservation programs. Tell us about those and the success, and how other organisations, whether in, in in fintech or um, in any other sector, can also pull in their weight to ensure that they conserve environment okay thank you well our wild dog our wild dog um, project our support with EWT has actually been going for almost as long as Rhino Lifeline and we've been supporting Endangered Wildlife Trust with the wild dog program since 2013 and a lot of that has been around human wildlife conflict Um, wild dogs don't uh, tend to respect the boundaries between national parks and community lands you know, alongside them. So tend to stray onto those areas and then you have issues between them, you know, with them kind of consuming livestock or, you know, things like that. So, or, or being killed because they're in areas that people don't want their livestock killed. So so we've done a lot of, of, of work with or supported EWT who have done a lot of work on that front um, in terms of just educating communities and um, keeping monitoring where the dogs are to try and reduce that human-wildlife conflict. You know, wild dogs, they, they are, are, are really also very critically endangered, and um, they get caught up in poaching, um, in poaching activities, which is also why we've, we've been involved with them. So poachers might go and poison a carcass to be able to distract um, predators from where they are conducting their poaching activities and also law enforcement to go to areas where wild dogs then get attracted and lie into the carcasses and as do vultures which kind of give away the poachers position so through those kinds of activities through poisoning those carcasses um, it does mean that wild dogs and things like vultures also get caught in the crossfire so, I mean, the way that Rhino Lifeline works and we at Investec work is um, by partnering with people who are experts in their areas. So whether it's a rescue of wildlife um, and rehabilitation and release back into the wild or whether it's community projects through education and learnerships and skills development, um, we work with those people who are experts in those fields and that's that's what we've realized is we are not the experts. It's up to us to use those experts and to support them and those NGOs to support them and their efforts to be able to work with communities, to be able to understand the importance of, of, of their natural heritage and of the, the wildlife that are, are living alongside them. And actually, I think it's on that point, um, it's actually key for us to understand the critical nature of those communities living alongside those game reserves and national parks because we, by educating and, and providing learnerships and, and education opportunities for those people, that leads to credible, credible job opportunities within the tourism sector. And by doing that, what it means is we're keeping income in that local economy. We call it the wildlife economy. It prevents migration to cities. It helps keep uh, family units together. And basically, you, you, you're keeping that income in that local economy. And hopefully, that will improve people's lives and livelihoods, 
but also um, also help them to recognise the importance and the contribution that that wildlife actually will make to their own life and livelihoods. And um, uh, there are a lot of corporates that are involved um, in in supporting NGOs on on many different projects and many different fronts, whether they are pro- uh, societal. Um, needs or they are um, wildlife needs um, but there's a lot a lot that corporates are doing and it's exciting to see what the banks are doing as I say as well from a wildlife trafficking point of view. Well uh, we are looking forward to many more corporates doing much more work so that we can make sure that we preserve our environment and uh, see a decrease of our carbon footprint from each and every um, organization that is gracing our our beautiful land. Thank you very much for joining us this evening, Geraldine. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you so much for having us on the program. We really appreciate your supporting this cause. It's, um, our wildlife is precious to all of us, and and we appreciate your the, the support that you that you're giving our wildlife. Have a good evening. Thanks, Ben. Late night conversations.